Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, December 11th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, we'll hear from lawmakers on the upcoming legislative session and the effect next year's election could have on passing bills. You have a child who has... Then learn more on the state attorney general's fight against drug companies and find out tips for safe Christmas tree lighting to avoid dangerous hazards. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Human trafficking is at the top of the 2019 legislative session agenda, which begins January 8th. Speaker of the House, Republican Philip Gunn, says it's a serious issue in the state. One of the things that are very important to me this year is human trafficking. I became aware of this last year at a conference I attended. They had a speaker there who talked about human trafficking and the fact that it exists right here in every hometown in Mississippi. This uh, prompted me to bring in an individual who seems to have knowledge of the issue. And uh, as a result of that, I had a uh, summit on human trafficking last October, this October. And arising out of that, we became aware of a few issues that exist that we can uh, do better on. In Mississippi, we currently have uh, a grade of a B by this organization that grades human trafficking in states and how strong they are on human trafficking. I think they measure us on six different areas. Three of the areas we do very well in, the other three we could stand some improvement. One of those areas is uh, to try to protect young people who are caught in this issue from being prosecuted for any crimes that they uh, could be charged with. So we're, we're looking to maybe change the definitions, some of the definitions to protect these children who are caught in this situation and as well to provide training. A lot of their, there are a lot of people out there who have come into contact with these individuals, school teachers, nurses, truckers, policemen, firemen, so on and so forth. And what we would like to do is provide an avenue of training for these people so they can begin to identify young children who are caught in this area. So one of the, the big emphasis we're going to have this year in the House is trying to make improvements in the area of human trafficking. Speaker Gunn says he has a list of items on his planned agenda. Other items, uh, mental health courts is something we've passed in the House many times. That's another issue we're going to come back with again. I think it's passed pretty much overwhelmingly, if not unanimously, each time we brought it up. Something that will help the mentally ill. I don't know why it has not made it through the other end of the building, but 
that is going to be another issue that we're going to bring back again this year and try to pass the mental health court bill. What is it about that bill that's important to you? Well, it just creates a separate court system, a judicial system for those who are mentally ill. I think right now what you have, as I understand it, you have a lot of people who, when they are in that situation, they just send them to jail because they don't know what else to do with them. This would provide a venue or an avenue of relief to try to get them some help versus just sticking them in jail. So it would be something that is desperately needed and I think it's something everybody can get behind. And then on uh, the education front, there's a lot of different things that we could probably do there. We've talked about a, a brain drain bill that we've passed, I think, unanimously last year to try to help keep students in state. I think we're going to come back with that one again. We've talked about trying to eliminate some of the subject area tests. One of the things we hear repeatedly is there's too much testing going on, too much testing going on. So we're trying to find some relief there. Uh, teachers and our administrators complain repeatedly about the excessive testing our students have to encounter. This is one way to give them some relief. What about on education, uh, revamping the funding formula? I don't see that being an item this year. I think there's uh, clearly some questions that existed on the other end of the building. We passed it on this end of the building. The other end did not. I don't uh, yet know what those concerns are, but we're going to continue to address those. Speaker Philip Gunn. House Democrat Earl Banks of Jackson tells our Desiree Frazier he supports efforts to stop human trafficking and to address mental health. I have been briefed on the speaker's agenda and from listening to that, that briefing and not hearing the actual words from the speaker's mouth, but the subject matter. And human trafficking is something that, that we can work with the speaker about. This is not a Democrat or Republican issue. This is a people issue for the people of Mississippi. And too many of our young children, uh, regardless of urban, rural, black, white, north, south Mississippi, are falling prey to this human trafficking in the state, outside the state, wherever it originates. But this is a problem that we really must deal with to protect our children and do more to the educate them educate them and have more mental health programs within the state to protect the children, to have a safety net for these children where they have counsel they can go to, people they can go to, to prevent them from falling into being a runaway or being disengaged from their family or disengaged from their community or their church or whatever other organizations so they know they have places they can go to to give them the proper help and guidance that they need at such a young age and with all the social media and other things out there that were not there when I grew up as a young person. We need to really do more to help our children because these are the future so that we can put them in colleges to, to make them college graduates, to get them out of here in Mississippi, working, hopefully stay in Mississippi and paying taxes here in Mississippi. Well, that raises two other issues. One is uh, the speaker brought up uh, mental health courts, having specific courts that deal with people who have mental health issues. Do you think that well, it will uh, gain any traction? That is something, of course, mental health never has any advocates there. There's never any lobbyists pushing mental health. But, but those of us as legislators who care, Democrat and, and hopefully Republicans too, will see the light and understand that we have too many people in Mississippi who need mental health. And I'm talking about, we see today in this country that our U.S. veterans who have served are committing suicide 
an average of 22 people per day, 22 veterans a day committing suicide. I don't know how, what the number is for Mississippi, but I'm sure it's a Mississippi problem also, and we need no help for our veterans, for other people with Alzheimer's, dementia. We have family members who are serving, trying to protect the elderly, and we're seeing these people wandering off and going to ditches and creeks and dying. Nobody knows where they are because of disorientation. There's so many other mental health issues. The, the opioid abuse is another mental health issue. We have so many things that we really have to do more medically in America to give mental health help to these people and also the, the counseling that they need also. In some cases, it might be housing and other things of, of physical care of some of these people. So I look forward to working with the Republicans on this issue. Representative Earl Banks of Jackson, we really appreciate your time in speaking with us. Thank you, Ms. Desiree. Criminal justice reform and school safety are among other issues also on the speaker's agenda for the 2019 legislative session. Coming up, learn more on the state attorney general's fight against drug companies. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education with 100% online master's or specialist degrees in fields like teaching, leadership, higher education, and more. More information at rebelteacher.com. MPB listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org underwriting for more information. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi Attorney General Jim Hood is suing three leading distributors of opioids, Amerisource Bergen Corporation, McKesson Corporation, and Cardinal Health are named to the, named in the suit. The companies are accused of not doing enough to keep track of how people are using their products. Attorney General Hood tells MPB's Desiree Frazier more. In December of 2015, I filed against the five manufacturers of opioids. And since that time, many other uh, states have also sued the manufacturers, and some have uh, included the distributors in that litigation. We filed a separate action against the uh, distribution companies, uh, like Cardinal Health is one of the major uh, distributors. And, uh, you know, federal law put the onus on these distributors to identify areas where there was an inordinate number of pills being shipped to an area, which would indicate like a pill mill or something to that effect. And what we found in our research is that they didn't follow that federal law and requirement uh, that they, that, you know, so they were really put in in federal law years ago to help police the flow of uh, primarily, you know, painkillers and addictive type drugs. So anyway, we, we're going to hold them accountable in many AGs. I think 38 AGs in the country have filed some type of litigation against these opioid manufacturers to try to hold them responsible for all the cost to the state, you know, all the treatment, rehabilitation. You know, we're not even talking about the loss of life of how many people have died of overdoses. You know, we're, we've expended money on it from our Medicaid program. And so uh, it's it's uh, litigation that we, I would like to see us be able to hopefully resolve. I know uh, there are efforts in the, uh, to settle with the manufacturers and uh, there are some discussions with the distributors as well. And so I'm, been working on that pretty good bit, trying to uh, find an avenue to get a quick resolution, at least partial, so that we could have some money available to 
provide for treatment. You know, in, in spite of us facing an ep- opioid epidemic, we saw it coming like a tide. Ohio and Florida and Kentucky and all my colleagues in other states, uh, the legislature has, has cut uh, the number of beds available for treatment of all times. So, you know, we cut 624 people from the Department of Mental Health, and uh, now is the time to be uh, increasing our budgets for mental health. But uh, hopefully we can get some settlement that will allow us to uh, help pay for the cost that this opioid epidemic has caused. Have you been able to determine in part how much it has cost the state? Yeah, we're working on, on damage models. And, you know, the fact is it's going to cost the state and the cities and the counties and the hospitals and insurance companies a whole lot more than these companies are even worth. You know, uh, one of them is a closely held corporation of the manufacturer, Purdue Pharma. And, you know, they're threatening to file bankruptcy and things of that nature. So it's going to take an overall global settlement uh, to try to, you know, uh, achieve some settlement that disgorges them of their ill-gotten gains, their profits off of this. When, when they're, uh, some of the discoveries, some of the AGs have gotten is just incredible where they were mindful of what they were doing, you know, by uh, lying to doctors and the state saying it wasn't, wasn't as uh, addictive as old opiates were back when they were, you know, prescribing morphine in doctor's clinics. So, uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty much already uh, agreed that uh, they do have liability now. It's sort of just a money. It's a money issue is how much we can get out of them and uh, let them stay in business so they can continue to generate income to make the payments on uh, some type settlement. It seems like this could drag out for a long time. Why are you optimistic that it could be settled soon? Well, I'm doing all I can to at least get an interim because, I mean, our state just does, legislature is just not going to uh, appropriate the money to treat all these people. So I'm trying to expedite it as best I can. I'm not, uh, I don't know that I'm optimistic that we can get them uh, to a settlement. Some of the companies want to settle and some don't. So um, that's sort of where we are in this litigation. And it may, may resolve itself, you know, in the next couple of years or maybe even longer, maybe even shorter. Attorney General Jim Hood, we appreciate you taking the time to speak to us about this. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Mississippi Attorney General Jim Hood. Listen to MPB News on all your devices. Just download the MPB public media app or tell your smart speaker, open MPB Think Radio. Coming up, find out tips for safe Christmas tree lighting to avoid dangerous hazards. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Can't get to a radio? Well, don't worry. MPB Think and Music Radio are available online and on our MPB public media app. It's simple. Just log on to our website at mpbonline.org to get started. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Experts are warning Mississippians to take precautions lighting the tree this holiday season. Christmas tree fires nationwide have already resulted in injuries and death. Mara Hartman is spokesperson for Entergy Mississippi. She tells MPB's Ashley Norwood some precautions can be effective. Oh, well, you know, we all love the bright, beautiful lights and to ride around and see everyone's homes lit up and they're 
um, outdoors and in. And um, it's exciting, but it can also be very dangerous if you don't take certain precautions. Um, and it's pretty easy to take those precautions, uh, but it, it can save your home, it can save a life, and it can keep you from your house from catching fire. So if you are going to use lighting, particularly on a tree, you want to first make sure if your tree is a live tree that it's fresh and green, and you test that by pulling on the needles, just, you know, bring your hand through there and if they stay on then it's a fresh green tree and if it's dropping needles well you probably need to find another one or maybe not use lights on them um, speaking of that tree when you do find a good tree you want to put it in a stand with water and make sure you check the water every single day um, so that it has plenty of water and will stay fresh and live for a long time I think uh, trees generally will last about five weeks if you keep them watered. You mentioned, um, you know, checking the live tree initially to make sure that um, that it is a healthy live tree. Um, so in the event that is not putting lights on it, what could potentially happen? What happens is, and it, this can happen with a green tree as well, but once a tree dries out, it becomes very, very flammable. And if you have a faulty string of lights or if it's a little too close to the fireplace and maybe a, a spark comes out of the fireplace, well, it can catch that tree on fire and it will go up in a matter of seconds. Um, it's scary. You can go on YouTube and see videos of how quickly a, fi a Christmas tree will ignite. Um, so that's why it's they can be very dangerous, especially when they're dry. So that's why it's especially important to make sure that your lights are in good condition before you put them on and that the tree is in good condition as well. What about accidents that happen um, when uh, you got folks that are hanging lights outside or they're trying to hang uh, lights on the roof of the home? Is that is that a frequent situation as well? Yes, anytime you um, decide to hang lights outside, one of the first things you need to do is be very conscious of any lines that are overhead because we have all kinds of lines coming into our house, you know, sometimes phone lines, cable lines, and your electrical service line. And it's those electrical lines that can cause you problems. So you want to be aware of where they are overhead, especially if you're carrying a ladder because you can hit them with a ladder. Um, and you want to use a ladder that is not metal, that's non-conducting. So maybe a wooden ladder or a fiberglass ladder when you're working with strings of lights outside. And then, of course, you want to make sure that the lights you're using are rated for outdoor use. And you, that, they'll either say that on the box or usually on the little plug that you're using. To put things into perspective, Mara, do you have any numbers um, of maybe how many um, home fires um, come from these sorts of events or during this time of year or any injuries um, that we've seen over the years? Yes, you know, unfortunately, every year you tend to hear about a, a house fire that has either destroyed someone's home or someone has died in the fire. And you really don't want to ever hear about that, but especially at the holidays when it's supposed to be such a, you know, the most wonderful time of the year. But every year, uh, fires, especially fires caused by holiday lighting, 
and Christmas trees in particular, cause an average of four deaths a year, 15 injuries, and over $12 million in property damage. And it's lighting equipment or electrical distribution or lighting equipment and about 43% of home Christmas tree fires. So that's why we are always urging people to be safe and careful when using these these beautiful decorations. Mar, is there anything that I didn't ask that you would like to add? Well, we just hope everybody will take precaution when they're decorating for the holidays. And, and especially, don't give up on that tree, on watering it, just because it's been in the house a few weeks already. Just try to keep it well watered. Be careful using candles. Maybe consider swapping them out for those neat battery-operated candles with remotes. Um, and consider using cooler LED lights on your tree. And we just want everybody to have a happy holiday season and a safe one. Mara Hartman with Intergy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ashley. Don Kazeri owns Kazeri Farm and Christmas Trees in Jackson. He tells our Ashley Norwood there's a lot to see and learn on a Christmas tree farm. One of the profits that helps us um, every year is just knowing that people during this time of year are very happy with their Christmas tree and we're part of their tradition. So that's one of our profits that, you know, you don't talk about, just the uh, pleasures and the benefits of being part of their tradition. About how many people have you seen so far? I know we've, we've got, what, a couple more weeks until Christmas. Well, we've seen hundreds of people now. Not everybody finds what they want majority of people who come out looking for a tree and especially if someone's never done this it um, you know can be an eye-opening experience especially if you have a family but we do have and I call our farm an arboretum because we offer a variety of trees and it's an opportunity to see uh a little bitty tree and then to see one that's uh, grown and you know ready to take home. Do you talk to the families about some of the hazards of having a live tree? I know lighting trees and and how you take care of them once you get them off the farm is also another conversation but what are some of the tips that you tell them in order to have a safe and Merry Christmas? Okay we don't really address that too much because the majority of our trees are well hydrated and as long as you keep your tree watered hydrated uh, it will uh, make a difference now we do explain to customers to make sure that uh, if they're traveling a distance when they get the tree home for instance we have people from out of town out of state that buy trees from us and they will uh, if they're going to be gone you know several hours or We'll tell them when they get it, the tree home, to cut about a half an inch off the tree, then put it in warm water, and then, um, you know, keep it hydrated. Don't let the water run dry. So we explain that. We don't really talk about the fire part. For instance, the Leland Cypress tree on the market is one of the safest Christmas trees that you can buy because... It is uh, well hydrated. There have been tests done on trees, and the Leland Cypress is by far one of the safest trees that you can buy, I guess, in this country to uh, not worry about fire. 
The other thing that helps today is a lot of the lights don't create the heat. So that's an issue. You know, a lot of the new lights, LED-type lights, they don't uh, have a lot of heat. So that's probably an issue. And I think a lot of it is when people get a tree that's not fresh, that's where you run into hazards because our trees, when they're cut, it's only cut one time. Sometimes a tree that's pre-cut, not our trees, but a tree that's pre-cut has been, the trunk has been cut two or three times trying to keep it alive. It's just, you know, trying to, you know, maintain the, the needles on there. And sometimes um, that's that's where your hazards are because the tree has been stressed out and it's not going to retain the moisture to uh, retard it from some fire. Don Kazeri with Kazeri Christmas Tree Farms. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, and Merry Christmas. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Money Talks. Then at 10 o'clock, it's In Legal Terms. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking. We want to hear from you. Let us know what you think about a story or send us a news tip by visiting MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. Running a business requires smart decisions every day. Make a good decision for your company today and reach MPB listeners through MPB program underwriting. For more information, go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education with 100% online master's or specialist degrees in fields like teaching, leadership, higher education, and more. More information at rebelteacher.com.